What a blast. WPTF. Making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF. It's your opportunity to call and talk to Tim Feruzzi, who's going to give you some uh, good advice on how you can uh, bring your house to the next level, assuming that, you know, you, you want to bring it to the next uh, higher level. Uh, not only in repairs, but also <clears throat> renovations. Tim's with us right now. We've got uh, on our schedule, excuse me, October 14th, Chris Fulton of Fairway Home Detailing, and later this month, Paula, Paula Fullerton of So Fine too. And oh, I, might I haven't have, heard from Paula in a while. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna she can be on the show. We're scheduling it around another event, and she's gonna report on that. And I, I don't know whether it's the High Point Furniture Market or or what, but she's gonna give us some some insight into changes in in design and and you know beautification of homes. Thanks. The two, the two areas that I'm not sure that you and I excel in, are you good with uh, picking out colors and things like that, Tim? Uh, not really. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. People, people try to put me in that. I mean, I'm okay at it. Yeah. But uh, not like, uh, not like she is by right. any means, or an interior designer. No way. Right. So it's going to be sometime in October or early November that we're going to have Paula on, uh, and then next week it's Chris Fulton. But uh, today. We are talking about some of the unique challenges and projects that you've gotten into. And let me just explain that, uh, as we've said before, uh, Tim, in addition to being the co-host of the show, is uh, Highland Residential Roofing and Handy Helpers. And there aren't too many areas you're not into. You're not an electrician and you're not an HVAC guy, but I can't get a, uh, an idea of anything else that you've not done. Yeah, we've done a lot of different projects, and uh, we're skilled in a lot of different areas, and if we don't know how to do it, as I always say, we will tell you. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what kind of uh, projects are we going to be talking about today? And just a reminder, 919-860-9783 is our number. Call that number if you want to talk to Tim about whatever he's talking about or, or anything else. So what kind of projects are we discussing today? You know, I, I don't I don't have a list written down. I was just I kinda figured that I would just kinda talk off the cuff about things that I've done. That's fine. Uh, special projects I remember over the last thirty years. And um Do you, know, you uh, Tim well let me just spotlight a section of the home and yeah. see if this rings a bell. Do you have any uh stories about roofing oh, you know something? I, we're getting a call right off the bat from Beverly in Chapel Hill who wants to know something about paint, and you do know something about that. So, Beverly, hi, welcome to the program. Good to have you aboard the show. What did you want to ask Tim before he got started on something else? I wanted to know what kind of paint I could use. I don't want to, you know, paint it two or three coats, but um, what paint I can use that will mainly cover the the wall and stains uh, on one coat. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you have a you have a wall that has a dark stain on it now. Yes. And it is is it a wood wall or is it? No. Okay. So is it is it just a, a regular drywall? 
wall yes. that has maybe a dark blue on it, and you're trying to get it a lot lighter? Well, I want to paint it its original color, which okay. is a, a, a real, like, really off-white. Okay. But, um, so that's... What, what color? what color is it now? Beige. <laughs> Beige. Okay, so it's not that much different. Um, no. My dad would have painted it, Tim, my dad would have painted it white, let the beige come through, and call it a day. <laughs> um, well, I can't exactly do that. Uh, I'm the lady that called some time ago about the bleach stain, yeah. and uh, my landlord was very nice about it, And um, but when I get ready to move out of here, uh, I don't want to leave it. it. I'm trying to leave it as... I found it as close as right. I can get it. Right. So, assuming, for instance, that you have to paint the wall, and the uh, first thing I would do is make sure that you've got any grease spots or any maybe areas around light switches or outlets that may have a lot of hand contact. You know, right. my hands tend to get oils and things on them or dirt. It's just clean those things with something like as simple as a 409 or soap and water and just kind okay. of get the, get the grease off, uh, whether you see it or not, wherever there's areas that your hands might have been. You see a lot in stairways, going up stairways, and trim. You have to do a lot of cleaning on trim before you paint it. So cleaning well, is I, the first thing you want to do. I don't paint the trim. Yeah, yeah. I will, so, I will clean it. Right, right, right. So I'm just talking in general when I say that. So clean it, and then you're going to probably need two coats. Uh, the higher quality paint that you buy, usually the better coverage you're going to get because of the of the pigments. And, you know, we talked on a previous show about the four different uh, uh, things, the main things that, that equal paint. And in most right. cases... You get what you spend, so you get what you pay for. So when you buy that 35 or $45 gallon paint, you're going to get a whole lot better coverage than you will if you buy that 18 to $25 stuff. And then there's well, even some I was, stuff that's... Uh, I was planning to use that Bears uh, paint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or well, and, that- and, and all, brands, all brands have different levels of quality, kind of like the car companies, you can buy a Cadillac that is at this level or you can buy a Cadillac that's at that level. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with paint. So all the brands have their, what what would be called in my book, a builder's grade, and we've talked mm-hmm. about that with other materials, which is usually the lower end, and mm-hmm. then they have the mid-grade, and then they have the high-grade. So if you want less labor involved and longer durability and a better look, you're better off buying the more expensive paint. It will cover better, and you might get away with covering it in one coat. And could um, you give me a name? Well, Bear makes different. I don't know all the brand names within Bear. Like they have this, they'll, they'll create a name for this higher end and a middle grade and lower. So I don't know what that is for Bear, but uh, a lot of the companies have good quality um, paints at different levels. Uh, so whether it be Benjamin Moore, PPG, which is Glidden now, or or um, Bayer, or Valspar, or any of those, typically so going to with the their store and they'll, So I'll go to the store and they'll advise me. Is that what you're saying? Yes, ma'am. And just go with the highest quality 
uh, even though you may not want to, it may not be in your nature, <laughs> buy the highest quality paint, and it's going to make your life so much easier. You're going to say, wow, that was worth the extra 15 or $20. Yeah, I got you. Well, thank you for your help. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Beverly. Appreciate your phone call. Now, can she paint a room with a gallon? Yeah, your typical room, your typical bedroom takes about a gallon, sometimes a gallon and a half. Yeah, okay. Um, to paint the walls. I mean, based on your your suggestion just there, I've now gone from buying the cheapest can to buying the middle of the price range. And I'm kind of assuming that within a, let's just say bear, within their their selection of paint, there's a mid-range, and then there's an upper grade, um, uh, upper grade high quality paint. You want me to buy the high quality paint? Well, I do that. Yeah, and when it's I more expensive, it, and and I and I get that. It's just a better way of doing business. I, I do Good that for, for my clients. You know, some guys get jobs and they go out and buy the cheapest thing they can find. Yeah. To try to cut the margins, but yep. my philosophies philosophies are reverse. Charge what I need to charge. Buy the better product, have less callbacks, have yeah. less labor maybe involved in the job, yep. and it looks better and everything goes smoother. So I would yep. rather cut my margin on my material yeah. and save on the labor or just provide a, an excellent product. So All that's right. always been my philosophy. Well, let me ask her question again because I'll tell you what I've got. I've got we're becoming empty nesters. So the first kid that left had painted her bedroom, which is the bonus room. She painted the walls red. And when I say red, I mean barn red. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it's high gloss. I don't know what she uh, what she bought or what we bought, but it's, I mean, I'm, uh, can I do that in two coats? Cover, you know, put it a medium white eggshell. I'm going to be forever getting rid of that red tint, aren't I? Here's Here's my recommendation. Yeah. Yes. Um, here's my recommendation. If you don't know if it was oil or if it was latex, yeah. if it's high gloss, uh-huh. potential that it could have been oil. And, you, you know, considering that it may have been your daughter and she's young, she may not know the difference, but maybe you remember how easy yeah. it was to clean or how it smelled when it was being applied. But let's assume that it's oil for a second and it's high gloss. First of all, clean, like I mentioned earlier, and yeah. then... Get a good quality primer. Yeah. Um, it could be an interior primer. It could be an exterior primer. You can use exterior primers on the inside. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can never use an interior primer outside. So get a good primer. Whether Even if it's oil, you can use an acrylic primer yeah. over it. And then prime it. And then it may just take one more coat or it may take two coats. Realistically, it's going to take a prime coat and two finished coats. And I would recommend doing a prime coat just because of the high gloss issue that you mentioned. Right. If it was just a a, semi, a, 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 a satin finish or an eggshell finish, yeah. then I would probably just do the finished paint and just put two or three coats of that on. Yeah. But with the circumstances you have, I would recommend the primer first. All right. Thank you, Tim. More with Tim Ferruzzi. Tim, of course, Highland Residential Roofing. Handy helpers. And, of course, making your home great. Every Saturday, 2 to 4, we're here till 4. Uh, send us your questions by way of telephone, 
1-800-860-9783. News Radio 680 WPTF. I didn't know that Patrick loved pumpkin spice so much. Apparently he does. Telephone number here at Making Your Home Great is 919-860-9783. Chance of some afternoon thunderstorms, scattered thunderstorms, for this afternoon and evening, and a high today near 84. That's where we are right now. Tomorrow there's a chance of Humid weather with a rain shower and 84. Kind of cloudy Sunday and Monday. And right now it's 84, Real Feel 86, News Radio 680, WPTF. And as is usual on Making Your Home Great, if you call 919-860-9783, Tim Ferruzzi of Highland Residential Roofing and Handy Helpers will interrupt what he's talking about and talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, but we were trying to dig into some projects. I was going to point you in one direction or another. I was going to start at a roof. Have you ever gotten into a like a really complicated roof? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, done uh, even some small ones that were uh, over parts of the house can be very complicated. Um, I've I ran into one not too long ago where it was over a master bedroom. And uh, unfortunately, the builder, when he built the, the place, the room, or that part of the house, he didn't put a pitch on it. And um, uh, we had to dig out about uh, six inches of, of mortar bed to get down to the rubber roof. And there was a tile roof, so a tile roof with six inches of a heavy cement mortar bed. Uh, in some places, it was eight inches deep. That's what he created the pitch with, was the mortar bed versus putting a pitch in the actual framing of the roof so when we got down to the actual roof it was dead flat and that so, created all kinds of problems but wait a minute wait, there's no way i understand this correctly mm-hmm. he built up you have to have some sort of pitch in the roof right, right? one end's got to be higher i mean anybody knows that. right right he did so with a collection of mortar just like scooping more toward the center or one side than the other? Well, what happened is this house went through a major renovation. Yeah. And when the builder built this this wing on the house, which was a bedroom, right? They built the room, the the ceiling joist and everything dead flat. Yeah. And if you're going to put a flat roof on something, you should build a pitch into the actual framing of the roof right. so that there's a pitch already built. Well, what they did instead is they built a dead flat, they put a rubber roof on it, then they put the mortar bed, kind of like you would have in a shower pan, yeah. and they created the pitch with the shit with the uh, with the mortar, yeah. and then put tile on top of it and created a patio, so it just has a slight pitch, and it's an outdoor patio. Yeah. Well, the problem it caused is we took all this stuff off and um, realized that it was dead flat, and we had a hurricane coming in one day, Yeah. Um, so... We had no time to build a pitch on it, so we had to basically put the rubber roof on it mm-hmm. to make sure it was dried in with wind and water issues that were coming. But what even made it more of an issue is this wing was on the first story, so above it you had about 2,000 square feet of roof area that dumped onto this roof. 
Yeah. So right. it wasn't it wasn't like we could just come in and put a piece of rubber roofing over this thing and loose nail it around yeah. the perimeter and get through the storm and then pull it back up and then do the rubber roof the way it needs to be. And we had to actually go ahead and put the rubber roof down permanently because if we hadn't, we would have had a, a disaster inside the home right? Uh, because of what was above it. So that was a very complicated roof that was no bigger than 600 square feet. Um, and that created some issues because now you've got a rubber roof, and now you've got to take it back off and put the, the correct pitch in the framing, or you just go on top of that rubber roof yeah. and create some tapered insulation and put another rubber roof on top of it. So that created a hairy situation and the way that was all that all went down. But, you know, it, it's a, it was a very complicated roof from, from the beginning. Tim, did you know it was going to be complicated before you kind of opened it up? Well, I knew it was going to be complicated as far as the job um, because of all the things I just mentioned. But yeah. we, the architect and, and ourselves... Uh, knew with certainty that a, a con- contractor that would build a house of this magnitude would have put a pitch on the uh, roof that we worked on. But when right. we uncovered it all, we found it to be not only dead flat, but actually uh, flat, uh, tapered in the middle, almost like there was going to be a drain put in. And I think it was just the weight of all this mortar mm-hmm. that caused the whole room to settle in the middle. So it was not only dead flat, but it all pulled towards the middle of the roof after we got it all torn off. Right. So that was not a pretty situation. I would say this is an example of where you want to have somebody with a number of skills to to do a project. That in other words you could yeah you know you can hire a crew to to do your roof, do your roof, but if they don't have the additional skill beyond that, you can end up in uh, well, some that, decent that, trouble. That, that's that's partly true, but the other thing is we had a hurricane coming in. Yeah. Within a day or two, we had three or four days of good weather. Yeah. We had to get this thing done, and when we finally realized that this thing was dead flat, yeah, we had no choice. There was no time to build a tapered roof. Yeah. Uh, because that we it would have it was a Saturday we would have had to go get all the material, and we did have guys on on the site that were multi trade skilled. Yeah. The problem was. You didn't have any time. It would take you a day and a half to two days just to build the taper. Yeah. Then you've got to put the rubber roof on, and you had no choice. Right. Okay. All right. We got about a minute before we go for a news break, or a minute and a half. Uh, you got another quick uh, roof story? Um, we did a job. Let's see. Um, lots of roof stories, lots of every stories. Let me think about one. We did a job in downtown Raleigh. It was on a, um, a hotel. Uh, this was 20 years ago, yeah. and we re-roofed it. And um, it's a, I think it's a, it's a well-known hotel. I'm not going to mention any names, but it's fine. Uh, we put the roof on it, and we had to build a chute, you know, because it was up there. I don't know. I don't remember if it was... Um, Three or four hundred feet up, so we had to actually build a chute. And of course, we ordered the material and, and used the trash chute down to a dumpster. Yeah, uh, that was an unusual job, just because of the chute that we had to build to get the material from point A to point B. And I'm not talking thirty or forty feet; I'm talking, yeah, you know, a hundred feet, two hundred right. feet, something like that. 
So that was uh, something that kind of stands out and um, a job that I was proud of. When we uh, talk about Tim's experience with Highland Residential Roofing, Handy Helpers, and the additional company is Eagle Roofing, or is it just Eagle? Yeah, Eagle Roofing. Eagle Roofing. Roofing. All right. Yeah. We'll talk more about uh, interesting projects Tim's been into. And I'm going to talk about a lumber lawsuit. We mentioned it before a few weeks ago. There's some progress in the uh, lumber lawsuit, which everybody, when I tell you about it, it'll, it'll you'll giggle about it. That's coming up next after news on WPTF. 84 degrees, hardly cloudy, possibility of thunderstorms. Real Feel 86, News Radio 680 WPTF. Dave Alexander with Tim Ferruzzi. Tim, of course, with uh, three companies and probably be a fourth by the end of the show. I don't know. Uh, Highland Residential Roofing, Handy Helpers, and Eagle Roofing. And uh, we are uh, anticipating on October 14th, next Saturday, Chris Fulton of Fairway Home Detailing on this show called Making Your Home Great with the telephone number 919-860-9783. Tim is talking today about some of the projects he's gotten into. You want to hear about the lumber lawsuit? There's a sure. there's a company, I, I assume it's a lumber yard, Menards. Uh, it's in Illinois. A federal judge has slammed the door on a lawsuit against an Illinois lumber yard uh, accused of deceiving about the price of the 4x4s. Sorry, the size of the 4x4s. The judge said, yeah, we all know that 4x4s aren't exactly 4 inches by 4 inches. They're just called 4x4s. And the uh, and somebody had sued them saying, no, these things, I bought them as 4x4s. They're only 3.5 by 3.5. And, <laughs> and the U.S. District Judge threw it out. He said, you know what, what did it was the fact you can touch the 4x4s and even measure them if you wanted to in the store. Before you, before you walk out, right. Right, they're sitting right there. Don't tell me yeah. you were deceived. If you're a construction person, you've got a tape measure or know how to use it. You can borrow one from anybody in the store and measure the thing and find out it's not actually four by four. Well, you can actually do a Google search, too, and it'll tell you that that's the nominal size. Right. right. So, it, so. The nominal size is three and a half by three and a half. That's it. what it is. So uh, everybody planning projects with 4x4s, remember, they're not actually 4x4. But not that that matters much. All right, so Tim, we're talking about projects you've undertaken. That gives you a, a prime example of how too happy yeah. some people can be, right? Yep. Well, well, and we've All talked about, like you and I have talked about the, the, the fear of bringing something, uh, somebody onto your property and having them just trip and fall. Yep. Um, yep. You know, the, the you cannot, in fact, you can still be sued even though, as I do, I have a sign on my my front step that says, no soliciting. Because I was just sick and tired of people coming up and knocking on the door during, the, no, even if they trip and fall, I can still be sued. I might win, well, I, I, but I, the lawyer. I had, a worker, you know. I had a worker 20 years ago. They'd only been working with me a couple months, and um, evidently he had a prior knee issue, and I had him work on something on my personal house, 
Yeah. He put the ladder up wrong. And, uh, of course, I had workers' comp. Sure. And he fell, uh, yep. supposedly. I didn't witness it. And no, I had didn't. all kinds of reconstructive surgery done on his knee, but he already had knee issues. It cost uh, my workers' comp company $90,000. Man. And that was, that was 20 years ago. So, yep. in, in a sense, that's almost two hundred grand now. Sure. Um, so, it's just ludicrous on... On, on what kind of situations you can run into dealing right. with some of these workers. Right. I mean, you, you're not pro- probably a Walmart near your store. He could have done that instead. You yeah. know, if somebody's going to injure themselves on your property, just tell them, come on, go to Walmart, pull the dog fo- food onto you while you're falling. It'll, it'll be fine. All right. So, Tim, what kind of projects you want to talk about today? So, I did a project for a, a large broadcasting company oh. uh, in the Raleigh area. Oh boy! Um, back in the back in the mid nineties, uh-huh. and uh, involved uh, a bunch of stucco work. And what was interesting is we didn't have to use a um, what would be considered an organic stucco. It was a synthetic stucco, but instead of Spraying it on with the EFA system and all the other stuff uh, that you would see in a normal EFA system, start from in, in that process, yeah. it was something we could actually paint on, and um, and it actually it, well, it was more of a spray on, but it was an elastomeric product, and I had never seen a product like that at the time, and it worked out very well, and, um, and we put a bunch of pavers in the the balcony area and it turned out really nice but what i remember about that project we did a series of projects for them for years and years yeah um was the the actual uh synthetic stucco that we were able to use it was kind of a newer item then now i think it's a little bit more prevalent yeah uh, so that was a project and it was a large project and we also stripped down we took sandblasters and stripped down this huge steel structure uh, of all its paint and repainted it. Yeah. And uh, so that was uh, quite a product. And in and, and that particular project, we had a big uh, mat that needed to be installed that was about uh, 60 feet long by 10 feet wide. And uh, we were kind of behind on ordering it. And uh, to get the job done, I had to have that in place. So I um, took one of the vans, had one of my guys take the van. We drove up to New Jersey uh-huh. <laughs> left about four in the morning <laughs> and picked up picked up the the outdoor mat that was sixty feet long, ten feet wide, and had it back in at the job site by I think three or four o'clock in the afternoon and, yeah. and rolled it out and we were done. <laughs> was it just? It didn't have to be installed. It just had to be on there. No, I mean it was it was uh, it was loose laid, so it was one of these heavy outdoor mats. But again, being sixty feet long and yeah, 10 it's feet heavy wide. Yeah, and it was going to take the 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 wholesaler whomever two weeks to get it to us. So I made a decision to to get the guy up there the next morning and start driving at four in the morning or whatever. I don't know if it was New Jersey; it was somewhere up north. He was able to get back uh, the same day or the next morning or something, and it was just a quick turnaround. That was twenty years ago, but this is one of those things I remember. Something special we had to do. Uh, to get the job done, and that was the final phase of the project was laying this uh, this mat out. <laughs> so, and it wow. was a permanent mat. It was just something that people would walk on and things like that. So. Oh, really? Okay. All right. 
Cool. Um, you worked with a broadcast make... company. I'm not. Did you ever get paid? I'm just asking for myself. I just. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah, you did. Okay, all right. Excellent. Excellent. Because you're excellent. Yeah, unscrupulous excellent characters in that industry. I just want. <laughs> no, they were excellent to work. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. You're but, listening uh, to Making Your Home Great. Let me just jump in with the telephone number, yep. Tim. Nine zero one nine zero eight six zero nine seven eight three eight six zero nine seven eight three. Call and ask Tim about anything including projects he's done or things you're looking at at your house. All right, so what else? So there was a project, uh, again, going back to the mid-'90s. Um, uh, there was a restaurant in the Southgate Shopping Center up in Durham. Okay. And um, we came in and did a complete upfit, and they had to have it done by a certain day, of course. Yeah. And uh, they had to. they were actually closed down for... Um, two days um, at the final phases of the project, and uh, we ended up uh, redoing the ceiling, the walls, the floors, the tables, and you name it. I don't think that restaurant's in business anymore. And then we also, after they, we did that project for them, and it took a lot of manpower. We had to work all night long mm-hmm. um, to get this project done. We ended up going up to uh, Roanoke, Virginia, and working in another mall up there, doing another one of their restaurants. I think they had two locations, and we we um, did a remodification of both locations. Um, another scenario on a, on a restaurant, we come in, we come in, and they're, they're plumbing. They're, when they, in their kitchen areas, they can't get anything to drain, and it was happening in the bathrooms as well. So mm-hmm. we start digging in the kitchen and find out that they're, their pipes are all corroded, so we ended up having to take, they ended up shutting down this whole restaurant for two days, and this restaurant had never been closed, but we had to close it down for two days. We had to dig the kitchen floor out, oh, eight man. feet deep by 16 feet by 12 feet, and find out what the problem was. What was happening was the chemicals they were using to clean the grease off the floor was eating out the uh, drain pipes. Wow. Uh, so it basically had all the drain pipes out into the back alley. We had to put in a new septic tank, grease traps, new piping. We did all that in um, 48 hours. That was and it was a major project. And it was surrounded, these pipes were surrounded by what? Were they surrounded by uh, uh, cement? Or? Well, no, dirt. We took out dirt? the concrete floor and tile, took out all the kitchen appliances that we had to, and dug down. And, and imagine a kitchen in a restaurant. What yeah. do you do with, with that much dirt? Yeah, digging out to get down to the piping. Yeah, so that was very, very extensive project, and we did it in forty-eight hours. You know, and somebody walks in, the manager walks in after you've been working on it for a day, and you pointed out, yeah, this is the thing. They're looking at it like this is never coming back together in two days. Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's the thing. All right. So if you've got a project like that, or if you just want to pick Tim's brain about something to do with your home or beyond making your home great your opportunity today 919-860-9783 news radio 680 wptf sometime coming up this hour i'm going to mention why and where there is a great place to, to well, if you want to, if you think of education 
education, either in construction trades, highway construction trades, or STEM, science, technology, and engineering and math. Why one particular North Carolina city, or is it a town, uh, is going to be the hub for that. Partly cloudy. It's really overcast right now in my end of town. Chance of a thunderstorm. High near 84. We're at 84 now. Real Feel 86. News Radio 680. WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi with us, as he is every week, as co-host of Making Your Home Great. Tim of Eagle Roofing, Highland Residential Roofing, Handy Helpers. A couple of websites include HighlandRoofingNC.com and HandyHelpersRemodel.com. A couple of telephone numbers. You feel like writing this down and contacting Tim either during this weekend or during the week and actually just talking to Tim and not everybody else. 919-676-5969. Or ask a question today on the show, 919-860-9783. Do you know what town I was talking about that has this uh, STEM connection, science, technology, and uh, I, I, it's it's no town I thought of. Uh, I would have thought of as a STEM center or highway construction center, Tim. Mm-mm. Morganton. Mm. There's an NCDOT highway construction. Trades Academy in Morganton. It's a new announcement this week. Uh, in fact, yesterday. And they're building a $58 million science and math university campus in Morganton in the mountains, which I think is a good deal. I've got some friends in Morganton. What a wonderful place. It's really, really quiet. Uh, but uh, this is... Uh, well, I think that, that rings a bell because one of my clients... Um, was hired by those guys. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that, yeah, I'm 95% sure that's who hired them. They call it a math and science. He called it a math and science place, but he was being relocated. Yeah. And he was uh, involved in the actual um, portions of construction, even though he was uh, a train. I think they pulled him from East Carolina University, I uh-huh. believe. Makes sense. Hired him as the, as the, the guy up there. So, yeah. Yeah. I the, uh, about that. They're they're taking buildings from the North Carolina School for the Deaf and they're transferring them, and this okay. this sounds like a, a it's a big deal, um, yeah. but it's a Friday Institute educational program uh, thing. So it's you know it related to the state, uh, yeah. but that's going to be a big deal. All right, so Tim, talk about big deals in your your uh, well to, construction today we're, history. We're talking about special projects. Yeah. we'll talk about anything that people call in on, and then next week, uh, just to give you a little idea, uh, listeners out there, what we're going to be talking about uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, structural issues will be next week's topic, and then um, ceilings will be the Saturday after that, and then mm-hmm. the following Saturday, which will be the twenty eighth of October, will be skylights and chimneys. So. Um, just to give you guys some future ideas of uh, what we're talking about in case any of it pertains to your property. Yeah. So we do do residential work and we do do commercial work, as you've heard. Yeah. Um, kitchens. Well, we, you know, restaurants have real um, unusual situations, uh, as a lot of commercial places do mm-hmm. when it comes to servicing the public. The work needs to be done at night. 
So if you ever drive, if you're out two or three in the morning and you see a bunch of trucks outside of a restaurant, that makes that, that means they're doing some kind of renovation or repair. Yeah. And uh, we've done a lot of that and come in. Uh, we talked a few minutes ago about having to tear up an entire floor and dig down eight feet by whatever. Um, sometimes just the tiles come loose. Yeah. So you go in these restaurants and they're using this stuff to clean the kitchens and are using hot water and chemicals degreasers to keep the place clean for the health inspections and that puts a toll on the tile and uh next thing you know you're walking in the kitchen and the tiles are loose and there's water sitting under the tiles and that becomes another health issue right um, because of all the work you've had to do over the years keeping the kitchen clean now your tiles worn out we've had to come in and um redo kitchen floors in one night, two nights, regrouting them, pulling up tiles, putting in new kitchen floors, uh, ceilings uh, needing to be degreased and, and, and repainted. Um, so uh, you name it, uh, we've done those types of things. Um, so any type of, if any of you have any businesses that you're working in and they need some, some help or some uh, advisement on how to do something or what something might cost, we'd be happy to take a look at it for you. That's good. So, let's see, other special projects that I can remember. Big retirement community uh, in the RTP, huge area. Uh We re-roofed the the buildings, and uh, that was uh, unusual because it was so large, and people are coming in and out of the doors every day. Right. Um, So that was an unusual project. And, And then there were some things that, I went on there. I'm not going to get any details, but just uh, having to work around the general public on the roof and their shingles with pitches and cars everywhere. Yeah. Uh, just the special things you have to do to, to take care of any issues that might occur, liabilities. Um, what else? Um, beach homes. We've had to do some, some unusual things on beach homes. Uh, on some beach homes, people don't want ridge vents uh, on their roofs. So when you when you don't want ridge vents because you're worried about blowing rain, bringing in water into the attic area, yeah, you've yeah. got to come up with a different solution for ventilating. So they do make some synthetic underlayments that are um, breathable, like heavy breathable. Some synthetics aren't breathable, right. and some are. Some are. So we've come into some scenarios where we've had to tear off the roof and, and use a breathable synthetic, a high-end synthetic, and then put the shingles on um, so that the attic could still breathe. In right. fact, of course, it's not going to breathe as well as you would with ridge vent, but people get real concerned about using ridge vent uh, in coastal areas because of the blowing rain. And, and is that a legitimate concern? Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, they get more exposure than, than we do inland, of course. Yeah. So I would still think that putting ridge vent on, if you get a hurricane, I don't care where you live, if a hurricane comes through your area, yeah, you're going to get water in your attic guaranteed. Right. Just because it's a vented attic, and while water starts going sideways and uh, upside down, it's going to leak to some degree. Once you get it wet, is the insulation no good as a general rule yes i think that just a little bit here and there is not a major thing but uh, uh-huh. over time having a lack of ventilation in your attic can cause moisture problems and it will uh, 
cause issues with your insulation just being damp and, and the moisture barrier becomes no good and right. it compresses so you lose the uh, the air gaps. So yes, in general, um, but a little bit of moisture here and there is not going to really dampen mm-hmm. uh, insulation bad, but if it gets wet over a prolonged, prolonged period of time or say firemen come in and have to spray their hoses, obviously yeah. everything's got to be torn out at that point. So yep. yes. Okay. All right. I got, I'll tell you what, I got marketed twice this week uh, for roofs. I don't know. I'm almost to the point you got to come look at my roof because uh, I'm in the... It, you got to call me. Because there was hail in Fuquay Verena, although I don't think it was in my neighborhood to such an extent. I mean, my, uh, my friends on the other end of Fuquay had a piece of hail come straight through a car window okay now that's how bad it was but i got the flyer that the fella who called us uh got also got saying well you know yours is a discontinued roof and you were able to mention what what kind of roof it was Mm -hmm. and and i got a flyer like that i got the same one that he got and 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 of course it's from a roofer saying you know let's go ahead and take a look at your roof as I'm walking in from the from the garbage can, from you know dropping off garbage, I'm walking across my driveway, and a fella pulls up in a pickup truck. And says, "Hey, buddy, how you doing? So did you? Do you have anybody take a look at your roof? Apparently, I'm ground zero for <laughs> roofing marketing. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to do other than maybe have you come over. Well, I'll tell you a story. I, I looked at five jobs. Yeah, Fuquay this week alone, and uh, we're starting to get out uh, about the, the issues that people have. Some people didn't even know they had damage. Yeah, I've got one client um, that lives there that um, uh, I called him up because I've done some prior work. I said, "Hey, have you have you got any hail damage?" He said, right. "Yeah, actually, I do. I was going to give you a call. My neighbors are getting roofs done already, and I've just been really busy. Haven't had a chance to give you a call yet." Yeah, come take a look. So I get to his property, yeah, and um, he's got his grills damaged. His uh, pool, the pool itself was okay, but the fencing had these solar things on top of the fences, yeah, for lights. Yeah, uh, smashed. Those, those got damaged. His, um, I guess, I guess we'll talk about it when we come back. Second but now. you're, but you're right. If there's other damage, obviously his roof oh, we'll got, go into it. I mean, this got guy pinged. Had so much damage. All right, we'll, we'll go in. We'll go into his insurance companies actually mishandling him on something. I'll talk right. about that. Hour two coming up in minutes. Making your home great on WPTF. News Radio six eighty WPTF eighty four degrees right now. About as warm as we're gonna get. Cloudy overcast on my end of town, a possibility of thunderstorms this afternoon and evening with a chance of rain showers also on Sunday. Our overnight glow is 73, Sunday's high 84, about like now. And then for Monday, an identical forecast with a thunderstorm in the afternoon, cloudy and 84. Right now 84, but it feels like 86. News Radio 680 WPTF. I should explain that we had sunspot activity there was an atmospheric problem with cbs news 
and we apologize for that. We'll bring you the CBS News at 4 o'clock. Pretty much the same stuff that was going on at 2 uh, going on now. 919-860-9783 is the telephone number to talk to Tim Ferruzzi about making your home great and anything you could possibly ask about construction because as we've learned in the last few weeks there's not too many things tim's not had some experience doing or 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 guiding somebody else to do uh tim of course with uh, eagle roofing highland residential roofing and handy helpers so i am ground zero fuquay and anger by the way also got hit with the the storm that brought hail and you've got somebody in Fuquay area who uh, did not get the best treatment by their insurance. Well, yeah. So I went over, met with the client, looked at the the what needed to be done. He didn't yeah. even file a claim at that point, or he actually he filed a claim after I called him. He went ahead and filed it that yeah. same day. And of course, I met with him two or three days later before the adjuster arrived. And um, so his house got hammered. The cars yeah. got hammered. His daughters window got blown out by the hail on a windshield wow. and um he's got uh, a metal roof on part of the house and he's got shingle roofs on the rest of the house it's about a 10 year old house and um his siding his hardy plank siding got chipped at, on the edges and on certain on two sides of the house his gutters got hammered yeah and of course on his metal roof it's a standing seam metal roof so it's a good quality metal roof mm-hmm. um, on the he, that's kind of the accents on his home as well as on the a back portion of his roof is metal over his kitchen area and um so you can see the dings all over it golf yeah. golf ball sized hail and so I, I told him he's gonna have to paint his house we're going to replace some siding here and there repaint the exterior of the home yeah replace the roof replace the gutters He's going to replace his new pool fence, his solar things, blah blah blah. He's got to, and I said on those things you're better off just pulling out the the invoices because he had that stuff done recently and just give them to the adjuster so he gets reimbursed for them. Right. So he he gives the he gives my proposals to the adjuster, and the adjuster calls him back a week later and says, uh, "We're having problems covering the shingles on your house." Yeah. Yet we can cover your metal because there's things all over. And I said, I told, I told the client when he called me, I said, that is ludicrous. <laughs> here's the, here's the problem. Yes, it may. And supposedly the, the adjuster brought out a roofing expert, um, yeah. to analyze the roof and the roofing expert could not find any damage on the roof itself. Yet all these other things I just mentioned happened. Right. And I told the client that this is crazy. That's, totally uh unfair mm-hmm. you need to fight with them about that you need to ask for them to send out an engineer worst case scenario we can always bring in a public adjuster but let's not do that yet uh client let's go back at the adjuster and make sure that he understands the severity of what he's saying because there's no way that you don't have long-term damage to your roof here's the problem is some people are being denied on their shingles because the roof may only be two years old or eight years old or whatever. Yeah. What's going to happen, though, is in five years, the damage that happened today is going to become obvious, and the shingles get bruised 
and the battings get broken, and it may not be so obvious now because they're newer shingles, right? but it will be obvious later on, and then by then you can't go back and file your claim because you have up to three years to file. Yeah. So this is the problem. So if you were in that zone and you can verify that you had hail of a certain size, then you need a new roof. I had another client I met mm-hmm. this week. They gave him a tree fell on his house. He's got us fixing that area. Right. He needs new gutters. They gave him gutters on the back of the house. They gave him gutters on his barn. That's about 20 years old on his roof. Yeah. But they didn't cover his roof, which is four years old. And I said, why? He said, because they say there's no damage. I said, well, they say that, but what happens in five or six years when this thing deteriorates prematurely because of the damage? It's kind of like the football players and the boxers. You know, you get hit in the head. Right. It may not show up immediately. It comes later when you're dealing with the problem. Same with smoking and everything else we can possibly come up with and ideas. That's what happens to your roof. So he has a legitimate claim. Now, whether he takes the money now from the insurance company Uh and puts it away, that's his business because he still has issues with his roof. So he might get another eight years out of his roof, even though it's only four years old, but it's still damage that is valid Mm -hmm. that he can make the decision to either replace the roof now or hold the money and do it later. Now, if he does that, he's not going to get his depreciable, recoverable depreciation that they hold back when they send you a check right? because he's waited so long to do the roof. Yeah. Um, but, again, he can either replace it now, but he definitely needs to go back, both these guys, and say, look, uh, we want another opinion. We want another adjuster to come out and look at this. Uh-huh. We don't agree with it, or we want you guys to hire an engineer to come out and reevaluate this. And if you guys don't do that, we're going to hire a public adjuster on our behalf, and we're going to sue you. Right. And when you mention that to insurance companies, that you're going to hire a public adjuster, <laughs> they'll usually start uh, treading water. They're like, okay, 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 we'll, we'll do something. I wonder what does it look like when an asphalt shingle gets hit with golf ball-sized hail. Can you eyeball it and see damage? You can. Uh, I I can't. Um, I'm, I was going to go to a certification school a year ago or uh-huh. whatever. I never I was never able to make it. And I'm, I'm, it is on my my short list to get that done. Sure, it's an out of town trip. But um, so that I can get a certification to to look at these things and see them. But um, on an older roof that mm-hmm. may be fifteen or twenty years old, it's a little bit more obvious because what you see is chip shingles, and you see. Um, areas where the granules have been popped off, so they take this 10-foot by 10-foot area, yeah. and they square it off with chalk, and then they'll they'll circle the spots that are issues that they see as being issues, and they say, well, if it's happened in this 10 by 10 area, then it's prevalent everywhere else on the roof as well. Right. Um, that's, that's the way they determine for sure, but on newer roofs, you don't necessarily lose granules. What, you, what happens with the newer roofs is they get bruised, and you can look at the shingle and not really see the bruise. It's just hard to see, what, but what really happens is the, the granules are being compacted right. a little bit more, and you just can't tell, and then, of course, that, breaks, that can break the matting that's inside the asphalt, the mm-hmm. fiberglass matting. So structurally, the shingle 
is no good. If you start seeing gutter damage and car damage yeah. and grills that get damaged, you can guarantee that the roof is damaged, whether it looks like it is or not. Right. Right. Okay. I didn't see any of that, but I'm tempted to look. I'm te- <laughs> Frankly, I'm tempted well, to go I'm out with a ball-peen hammer, but that's, that's just you, me. Were you there when it was hit by It hand? was not, no. No, and neither were our cars. We were at work and then came home and the neighbor said, oh, you should have seen this. It was, it, hail looked like we were in a golf course and they were, everybody was, uh, you know, they had golf balls uh, well, you know, landing you in the front valid, yard. Well, then you have a valid claim. You probably need to have somebody come take a closer look. Yeah, I'll come over and take a look at it, Dave, and just just give me your number or whatever and we'll come, I'll come by. Right. I haven't been to your home yet. We'll take a look and, and see if we see gutter damage and We'll look at the roof, and uh, so some of these things aren't so obvious. Right. You right. know, on some homes in, in, in Angiers, Fuquay, Verena, Willow Springs, it's yeah. very obvious, but on other homes, it's not, but you still have damage, probably. Yeah. I don't hear any chatter among the neighbors saying, oh, yeah, I had a guy come out, and I'm getting a new roof. I didn't hear that. But okay. as you mentioned before, when you start seeing that, when you start seeing people getting new roofs in your neighborhood, you kind of ought to pick up the phone and call Tim. He'll be happy to take a trip to Fuquay. He's probably, you know, there a lot. Um, And the telephone number for, uh, the business number for Tim is 919-676-5969. 919-676-5969. Of course, today you can ask him about anything at 919-676. 9783 919-860-9783 making your home great news radio 680 WPTF News Radio 680 WPTF anybody remember the TV show uh, Murphy Brown she hired a contractor and the fella stayed forever. He was painting, drywall, whatever. That's what I imagine when Tim Feruzzi says, Oh, come by your house. Tim, you could move in. Just handle little little tiny jobs every week. Got enough of them. All right. The AccuWeather forecast includes a thunderstorm in spots uh, with a high near 84. We really don't get a day without either rain showers or thunderstorms all the way through to Thursday. It's a possibility of that through that whole period. 84 now with a real feel of 86. News Radio 680, WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi on the line, and we also have Karen in Durham. Karen, you've got a question about uh, attic insulation. What's up? Yes, sir. Thanks. I got two questions. Yeah. One is about siding. What's your feeling about LP Smart siding, about product? And then the other one is about ventilating an attic. But uh, I have a house built in 85 and have the, had the roof replaced several times, and so they put in a ridge vent, and I have soffit vents. But when they originally built the house, I have gable vents on each end. And a siding contractor was talking to me. He said, you really don't need the gable vents, and we could cover those up. And so I've been trying to do some research and find out, and you all were talking about roofs, and sparked my interest said, let me find out what you know about venting roofs. Oh, he knows a lot about venting. I knew He that. really does. Yeah. 
because he's a roofer. All right, Tim. So uh, my philosophy is uh, the more ventilation, the better in your attic. Obviously, we don't want it wide open, but um, so I think that you're fine keeping those gables in. So I would not do anything with those. You're going to put in ridge vent at the peak? Well, it's already got about? a ridge vent in okay. Okay. But his thinking was it would suck air in the gable vent and out the ridge and not up the soffits so that part of the roof was not going to be cooled well. Well, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that um, um, there will be some of that. But if you get air moving in the top of the attic, uh, like he's describing, then that means you're going to have air circulation in general going on in the attic which means your attic is going to get swept out. So whether it's an ideal scenario or not, um, I, I would say that if it was my home, I would keep the gable vents. Obviously, you've got the ridge vent. Right. And right. I believe that the soffit vents will work. Um, now, maybe they won't work to 100% of their capacity, but who's to say that any soffit vent works all that great anyway because there are some limitations to it because of a variety of reasons. So I would keep the gable vents and just do you, you have any active vents like um, uh, thermostatic and controlled vents or solar no. vents or anything? No, okay. it's all passive. I but, would leave it just like it is. Okay. One of the things I was reading about the gable vents, though, is it depends on airflow across your roof to help make them work. And I'm sort of down in a little holler, <laughs> in a sense, and so I don't really get as much wind as, as a house that was out in the open. Would that right. make any difference? Uh, I'm sure it makes some difference. But, again, what I see with most addicts, yeah. and, and meaning like 90% of them, yeah. is they don't have enough ventilation, period. Uh, okay. so, so I think that having those open gable vents like you have is absolutely okay. And if they were my, if it was my home, I would leave it just like it is. More is probably a little better. Exactly. Now, Karen, you didn't ask me, but can I just jump in and sure. say that I don't think you have enough vents at all. <laughs> I think you need a an air vent like a pipe stack. I think you need a powered solar pipe stack i think you need to pull as much air out yeah. of that house as possible in fact i want the interior doors to close on oh, their own right 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 because okay. of the negative pressure here. sorry you had never mind no, don't bother <laughs> don't bother i'm here for only for comedy relief yeah. now you had another question about siding right? the lp smart siding what's yeah. your opinion of that um you know i have not installed much of that um i met with a client um for another project uh, about a month ago, and he had just had that install installed on his house. He was really happy with it. It looked good, um, and it was an older home, probably built in the 40s, uh, that he had all the stuff torn off, and he had it re-insulated at the same time because yeah. when they pulled all this off, they found there to be no insulation in the wall. So um, I, I don't have anything uh, very... I don't have any negative thing to say about LP siding. I, I, what I will tell you in general about these manufacturers is that I don't fully buy um, what they say as far as warranties. I think it becomes somewhat of a game. I've noticed that one company says this, and then the next one copies it, and it just becomes this 
continual fight for market share and right. their their hopes uh, and and most likely guarantee is that most people will never come back and say, "Hey, this product failed before its time." And right. um, and so like anything. Like anything, you have to read the fine print, and even though it's the quote-unquote 50-year guarantee, what I was reading is it's sort of lessons over time. Like in the first five years, they would guarantee it 100% if something went wrong, and nothing's likely to go wrong in the first five years. But then That's the right. further you go, the less they actually cover when you right. have damage. So you always and have to read the fine print. And what's it say about selling the house? Did you read that part? Uh, no, but I'll, I'll okay. look at that. Well, when you sell the house, um, sometimes it's transferable, and, and I'm not talking about LP in general, but other manufacturers as well. So sure. don't buy too much. And I'm not saying that it's a bad product. I've met people. Uh, there was even a fellow on the show that says it's the best thing since uh, uh, sliced bread, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't buy it. I just think that anything... Uh, there's different options you can use. I'd say LP is probably a good option. Uh, the hardy plank material is a good option, and it depends on how you take care of it. Vinyl it, it, like side is a good option. Yeah. Right. So right. I think you have lots of different choices. You just need to kind of explore it all and talk to different people and, and render your own opinion. Sure. Super. Well, that's why I called you. All right. Thank yep. you all very all right. much. appreciate your opinions. Karen, thanks, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Have a good day, y'all. Yep. Bye-bye. Uh, Karen called us from Durham on Making Your Home Great, News Radio 680 WPTF, telephone number 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. And we had meant to get into other projects that you had gotten into, but, you know, we we, we seem to get sidetracked, and that's a wonderful thing by people who listen to the show and want to know uh, what to do. I was uh, I was all wet with my suggestion about the roof, wasn't I? Um, we don't have to vent any more than she's got, do we? No, I think she's I think she's in a good situation. Uh, why would you eliminate gable vents? First of all, how would that look on the exterior of your home and how yeah. did you accomplish that? And uh, why would you? Uh, yeah. Just, if you've got, I mean, hot air rises, right? So when you're when you're working with your attic area, um, the majority of the heat of the attic is probably sitting on the upper side of the roof anyways because yeah. it's radiating through the plywood and through the shingles. Uh-huh. So it's automatically going to go upward anyway. So if you have ridge vent up there and, and open vents, if she is getting more circulation at the top part of her attic, yeah. that's a wonderful thing. And what's that? what that's going to do and of course, with the pressure inside the house, um, you know, with the machine, with the air conditioning running mm-hmm. uh, or the heat, it's just going to push some pressure into the attic. So that's going to help the attic uh, move air, not in a negative way. I mean, you're going to have a leaky, um, a leaky home. It's got pressure being pushed into the attic. So some people say, "Well, gosh, if I have too much ventilation in my attic, am I losing too much heat, too much air conditioning?" Yeah. And I would say. Not if your house is insulated properly. So, but you got to have some air turnover in your inside your home. So, uh, the attic's got to be ventilated well, and that will help the whole system, interior and exterior, all work together. Jim in Kerry has a question. Jim, go ahead. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, A couple questions. I have a metal roof on a house, and uh, I'm getting ready on the storage building. 
What, what, is, what type of roof can I get? It's like a gr- nice green metal roof on the house, but I'm not sure. Do I need to just get a bite of bullet and put that same roof on the storage building, or if there's a, you know, other alternatives, and, um, and go from there. And I have one or two other comments and questions. Go ahead. Well, uh, it depends on a, a couple things. First of all, does the storage building look like the house? Has it got the same design? Um, like a, is it like a mini me? Yeah, I guess you could say say it does because both of them are older. Yeah. In other words, in other words, it's not the the storage building is not like one of these can jobs that you kind right. of see right. on lots right. around. So you know, you know, some people build their storage buildings to look exactly like their house or use the same material mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. and, and they're sometimes are close by. And if that's mm-hmm. the case where the unit is very close to the house and it has a lot of similarities to the exterior, then you might want to bite the bullet. Um, if you're thinking about resale value, if it's something you plan on um, living in. Yeah. yeah, so that may be a valid reason why to put metal on there like the house and get it all matched together. But other alternatives are maybe just a green shingle. They sell shingles that are green and if you're trying to um, okay. keep a look that's there. A good. Yeah, that's an excellent. Okay, one other quick, quick. The metal roof, I, I, I guess I've noticed that the um, um, cell phones don't do real well with them. Is, is that correct? All right. Well, Jim, hold on just a moment because we're going we're gonna to answer that, um, and I'm going to pick up with you to make sure that that's your last of the questions. Hold on, Jim. Um, the uh, news people chomping at the bit they want to be on the radio so you know 15 seconds or so uh, our news and then uh, more with Jim's question about metal roofs and cell phones on making your home great we are here every Saturday 2 to 4 News Radio 680 WPTF News Radio 680 WPTF making your home great from 2 till 4 every single Saturday. Next week, Chris Fulton of Fairway Home Detailing and the following week, we expect we're going to be with Paula Fullerton of SoFine 2, but there's a chance we'll... we'll we're going to have Paula, Paula on very soon, but we're not sure it's going to be October 28th. Uh, 84 degrees now, Real Feel 86, News Radio 680 WPTF. When last we left you, uh, Jim and Carrie was on with Tim Ferruzzi, and we were talking about uh, uh, something to do with metal roofs. Jim, what was your question? Okay, uh, my last question is, I, I believe cell phones and, and metal roofs don't necessarily go together. Is that, is that any comments on that? I, I, think, I think that there's, and I was just doing a little reading during the break about that. Um, you would think that it would help, right? Because it seems like yeah. it would be a big antenna, but in my reading, there does seem to be uh, a possible issue with metal roofs and cell phone reception, but here's what it said. It said that if uh, you've had issues prior to a metal roof, that the metal roof's not going to help the situation, but it said in 10,000 or so um, situations of metal roofs being installed, they only had five complaints of people saying that they had worse reception. So it, it also mm-hmm. talked about People, you know, you use your cell phone in okay. restaurants okay. and commercial buildings, right. and it doesn't seem right. to be an issue. 
Okay. Uh, okay. One other quick question. The the uh, what, what about uh, I'm talking about the storage building again? As I was talking about yep. before, the house has siding uh, uh, on it, um, and uh, maybe a, what's a good economical siding you can put on the storage building? Um, maybe sheet four by eight or something. I don't know. Would you recommend? Well, there there there's some four by eight uh, hardy plank or cedar uh, fiber cement material that you can put up or mm-hmm. um, which is fire is is basically cement a lightweight cement and it mm-hmm. does pretty well uh, that's an option of a four by eight sheet and then of course they've got the the t111 which is your thicker five yeah, eight yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's a good that's, product too just gotta that's, make sure there's no standby in it yeah. yes sir yes sir yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. So those would be your two. Those would be my favorite two. Then, you, of course, you can get the four bay sheet and masonite, which I'm not a huge fan of that, especially if you're close to the ground uh, uh-huh. with your storage building. Um, right. So you just need to keep it painted if you do go the masonite route. Um, but I would say the hardy plank or the T111 would be your better choices. T111. Okay, thank you very much for your information. Yes, I want to comment about one of your vendors or advertisers there. Uh, Raleigh Racquet Club is a nice place to play tennis. I'm not a member, but but <laughs> it is. And I have played there, and it's very nice. All right, very good. All right. Thank, Thank you, Jim. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, his original question that had to do with what to do on the roof of a shed, because he's not, I don't think he's up for buying a sheet of metal roofing, right, mm-hmm. for, for a shed. There are a lot of communities where the homeowners association insists that you build your shed to match your house. Yep. That it's got a and and you mentioned this, you know, this siding that you can get. You can get the siding with the the, the uh, what you call it a uh, a slice out of it. You know what I'm saying? It's got a texture. It looks like. If you flip it sideways, it looks like siding. It right. looks like aluminum siding or hardy plank siding, and yes. that's you know that's an alternative for people who don't want to put on the same thing that they put on their house. Uh, but he may be stuck with the HOA. He's in carry. I forgot to ask him, but you know, sometimes he insists it matches perfectly, which I object to from a constitutional. Uh, yeah, I think on the higher-end neighborhoods, for sure, yeah, where you're yeah. dealing with half-million-dollar homes and higher, that's probably a little, little bit more insistent on that. But I think, in general, I don't think HOAs really bother you too much on the shed looking like the house. They, uh-huh. They're more concerned about where it's located and if you can even have one. Right. In my general... And, you know, the other thing I want to point out is, Sure. I've noticed when people have the roofs done, a lot of times they'll ignore those sheds and things, even though the roof on the shed might be just as old as the house. And I yeah. think that's interesting. We always kind of put our shed on the back burner. Oh, no, I don't want to do the roof. We just did one yesterday. We put a roof on a house, um, and they decided not to do the shed, which is fairly common for some reason. I guess people just don't value um, the roof on the shed, or there's, obviously they're not living in the shed, so it's not as importance um, but i would think you'd want to get the shed done when you get the house done because uh-huh. first of all you probably get a better deal getting it done at that time versus somebody coming back and then 
Yeah. Sheds are a valuable thing. People will look at how much money we spend as a as a civilization on these storage uh, facilities, yep. storing stuff for sixty, eighty, ninety dollars a month. Why not just have a shed in your backyard? I won't do it. I well, I'll put a shed in my backyard, but I won't spend money on a self storage unit because I'd rather just get the chipper shredder and go to the garage and just just drop things into the chipper shredder and put it in a dumpster. If I don't use it every year or two, I don't want to own it. We'll have a garage sale. They have a garage sale, but you know, my garage sales are are famous for raising no money at all. I don't <laughs> I don't have, have anything. To, you have to actually pay them to take the stuff, huh? I see people pull up to my garage sale, slow down, mouth the words crap 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 and then they drive by. Yeah, I'm not sure. buying anything from this guy. <laughs> it happened. All right, telephone number here, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. And our, our topic of the day is interesting projects that, that Tim has gotten into. I mentioned roofs, and we kind of centered on roofs. Uh, and Tim mentioned kitchens. Um, what about uh, underneath houses? Have you ever gotten yourself into a, you just shake your head and say, well, this is going to be one? Uh, yeah, we've, we've seen some scenarios where water problems, if the house is just sitting too low. Yeah. Um, and in some cases where we found that, that it's possible a spring was under their home, like yeah. it's a natural spring. And, you know, what do you, what do, you do in that scenario? And, and um, we do a lot of gutter and pipe. Uh, we're well known for... Uh, gutter and piping for people, you know, not just doing the gutter itself. A lot of guys can come out and do gutters, and yeah. they they usually don't use the right size gutters, and they never talk about, to the client about, hey, let's uh-huh. get the water away from the house. And we're we're very interested in getting the water away from the house and getting the water piped into a, you know, to a ravine or yeah. a lower spot in the yard. Um, so, you know, I've talked to people uh, about you know, them getting other quotes for people wanting to put sump pumps under their house. And gosh, anytime you can eliminate mechanical devices uh, from a scenario like that, the better. Uh, we have to use dehumidifiers under homes uh, at times. And, and, you know, I hate to even do that, but dehumidifiers come in handy. Yeah. They don't require, they're not as maintenance-ridden uh, of, a, of a problem as, as a sump pump. And right. If any of you have ever dealt with sump pumps, Wow. You know, they get jammed up. The things don't lift up when they're supposed to lift up. And, yeah. Um, I had the one lady call me one time. To tell you this quick story, and it was against my better judgment. Yeah. And and it was actually only like four years ago, and I can't believe I made the decision to do what I did. But she says I need a new sump pump in my basement. Right. And I said, well, you need to buy a three hundred dollar one. I'm yeah. not interested in installing the ninety nine dollar one. Well. I want the $99 one, and that's the one you need to get me, and that's all I'm willing to pay for. Yeah. And I should have just pretty much said I don't want the job, but right. uh, for some reason I took the job. We bought the $99 sump pump. We put it in her basement. She calls me back a week later. It doesn't work. We yeah. went over there, unjammed it, whatever. She calls me back two weeks later. It doesn't work. What a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> And that's where we go back to you're better off buying the more expensive product and, and knowing that it's going to work. But anytime right. you deal with something like a sump pump, 
expect to have to service it, and especially in a crawl space. Mm-hmm. Wow. So anytime yeah. you can eliminate something like that from a crawl space, the better. We had in my parents' house, of course, this is up in, in Yankee land in, in New York State, rural New York State, and we had a sump pump. We had a full basement, in fact, a very tall, you know, big full-size basement, the size of the house and a, yep. a, a good, you know, uh, but there was it practically ran all the time. And I remember growing up, we also had dehumidification down there, and it just would, it never worked. Well, now yeah. we've inherited, the sons have inherited the house, and we really realize what we needed to do was address the water outside the house. Right. My dad never looked at it that way. He said, well, we'll just, you know, we'll put a sub pump in, and then we'll we'll pump the water out. And what he should have done was put better drainage outside the house. Ooh, Beverly and Chapel Hill has some experience with a sub pump. Hey, Beverly, how are you? Hey, how are you? I Terrific. Wanted tell, I wanted to tell him a story about a sub pump. That oh, we love sub pump stories. <laughs> this is horrible, though. I was a little girl. I was about seven. And I knew we had a uh, sump pump downstairs. You hear it running every now and then. And I went downstairs uh, for something I don't remember because I was so young. And I kept hearing this little cry, this little like cry, and my little puppy had fallen down into the sump pump. And I got, I got him out. But people should remember that they have these sump pumps down there. They put something around them, so little little critters don't get in there. Yeah. So I just thought I'd tell you that sump pump story. Beverly, thank you. They can chew. They can chew. They can chew it up. All right, yeah. thank you, Beverly. I'm glad you glad she told the glad she told the story to the end. It would ended well. Um, we always well, yeah. enjoyed being boys. We enjoyed living in a house with a sub pump. Being boys with it was only one bathroom in the house. You just let your imagination run on that. Nine or one nine or eight six zero nine seven eight three is our telephone number. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three News Radio six eighty WPTF and making your home great. AccuWeather forecast does include possibility of rain, and it does look like this uh, this hurricane or tropical storm, whatever it, whatever it'll be, will bring us some rain, but it's not going to be a cataclysm for us. Uh, the uh, track of the storm takes it farther west. Uh, but we've got today's high at about 84, which is where we are right now. Overnight low near 73. Could be some thunderstorms this afternoon. Possibility of rain showers Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday as well, and maybe Thursday. Scattered thunderstorms as well. Right now, 84. Real feel, 86. News Radio 680 WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi been telling war stories about uh, uh, construction. Got another one lined up, Tim, or should I uh, give you a direction on this? Yeah, probably give me some direction because you know it's all in my vault. It's in my head, <laughs> and uh, sometimes it's just hard to remember. Um, well, tell me a good bathroom uh, remodel story. Well, you know, with bathroom remodels, you can run into. Uh, we've talked about this before. Yeah, where someone says, "I want to replace this lavatory." Yes. Well, when you when you want to replace a lavatory, sometimes 
what ends up happening is you end up remodeling the whole bathroom. So because the wall runs into it, the floor runs into it. So we've, of course, I've, with experience, uh, you know, 30 years of experience, the last 25 years, I think after my first couple mistakes back in the early days and having to eat some some problems, you know, I tell people, look, if you're going to do this or do that in your bathroom, you're going to run into some problems. But we do occasionally uh, run into a scenario where you... um, uh, find a lot of uh, structural damage under bathrooms because you've got a toilet in there, you've got a, a sink, and you've got right. a, a shower or a tub. So it's not unusual because of that water being present that you find structural damage mm-hmm. under a bathroom. Um, anything unusual? Um, I, I can't remember anything that kind of stands out. Sometimes the things I do remember are uh, the nightmare clients. Oh my! Oh <laughs> you know, my! And, and, and you, you remember, you remember the the, the as, as we all do. I yes, mean, we remember bad situations and good situations. You run into those clients that you just can't satisfy, no matter what. Right. And when you deal with thousands and thousands of people, you try to figure that out when you meet them, and you try to price the job so high that you don't get the job, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. And, and, yeah. And, and, and so that's just the way it is. You know, we all know, we're all humans. We know that some people just are insatiable, and you just can't do anything for them, no matter what. Um, so I remember uh, a lot of those situations. And then I remember the really nice people, the people that were just good to work for, that, you know, were reasonable people. Those are the people I like to work for, the reasonable people. Yeah. Well, I understand that. You yeah. figure there's somebody somewhere telling a Tim Ferruzzi story somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> you think? But, All right. I'll tell you yeah. what, Tim. Let me just tell you that there's a concept in the Alexander household that's mm-hmm. called, uh, a couple of words for it. One is uh, getting in touch with your inner Jack. That is your inner Jack Nicholson. Okay. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. somebody is doing something for you and you need to push them in an extra a little bit to do it 100% right. Sometimes Jack Nicholson comes out of the closet and you say, I don't think you really want to get involved in this with me. You know, you're just kind of, you could become, you threaten to become the customer of the month. Um, And and that's sometimes what happens with with people. They become the customer of the month. And I I get that. Um, Well, you know, my philosophy is this, and I learned this a long time ago, probably 20 years ago, maybe a little longer Typically, the way people treat you yeah. is typically the way they treat other people. So you yes. just have to you just you just come to realize that you know it's just the way some people are, and it's unfortunate. And 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 when, like I said, when I meet those people, mm-hmm. my radar I try to have my radar up so yes. I make sure that I avoid those people because well, it's just not going to be a happy ending. And let me just talk about the, the roofing for just a moment because it, I told the story earlier today about how I was marketed to. Fella actually just pulled up to the driveway, shut off his pickup trucks, and, you know, hey, buddy, you're getting a, getting a new roof. And he's going door to door. And there's something, there's a concept in insurance work where the deductible becomes a deal. It becomes a an issue. And if you've got somebody who's going to come to your house and the first thing they market to you is how they'll work around the deductible 
okay, that they'll say something like, you know, yeah, you, you know, we can, we can, I'll just, I'll just bid the job high. So your insurance, you know, you know what I mean? And then we'll just, mm-hmm. we'll not worry about the deductible. Mm-hmm. And if the first thing that they suggest to you is running a scam on your insurance company, I'm not sure that's the person you want on or in your house. Well, that's not just only me. that, that's true. And not only that, but you also don't want to be the contractor that's dealing with a customer that is requesting that either. Yeah. So it's a two-way street. Uh, you know, a contractor, unless he's really done very well, um, he's going to and, and he can afford to take a loss. And then right. we do have to take a loss. I like Baker Roofing's philosophy. We work for a profit. Yeah. Uh, but if we have to take a loss, then we must. Right. You know, that's been my philosophy forever. In fact, I think I I wrote that. But uh, <laughs> I've always had that philosophy. And. You know, when you get into scenarios where people think they're saving money, yeah. if a contractor has to make money, he's going to figure out how to shortcut the job yeah. to make money. You can guarantee that. Yep. So you're better off dealing with a straight shooter and make sure that you're going to get these things done this way. And that's the best way to do business. So yep. you just just be cautious. Low price is not going get to get you what you think it is. It's going to get you a lot of problems and future expenses you just reminded me of something in another lifetime i was an estimator for an insurance company didn't last long i didn't like it didn't enjoy doing the work but i was up on a roof once and i thought gosh this is awfully spongy this roof is a little just a little bouncy bouncier than the other roofs had been on and we eventually you know i had a qualified carpenter come by he says you know why that is? This roof is on half-inch plywood. Now, Tim, oh, is it that probably? It was probably it was probably three-eighths plywood. Okay, it was Dave three-eighths? Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, it was it was really bouncy. Yeah, and and there was a you know there was a roof on top of it. Somebody it passed muster with somebody, and it was a, a house that was very old and the roof needed to be replaced but again it needed to be lifted completely off yeah and and who knows what was up underneath it but it had been there for years and years and years yeah and it was underbuilt for all those years well what i have noticed is uh in certain developments houses that were built in the late 60s and the 70s mm-hmm where they were tr- kind of track built by maybe one developer right um or maybe the developer also owned a supply house and he had certain builders working for him i've seen a lot of that where they used 3/8 plywood and uh the houses the attics weren't ventilated properly on top of that and so in those scenarios what you have to do is you tear the shingles off and yeah. you you got to come in with like a five-eighths plywood and just resheath the whole roof. Now, not always do you have to tear off the old three-eighths right. or half-inch, whatever it might be. And it could have just been a bad half-inch product. Yeah. Um, that over periods of time and no ventilation, it just delaminated. But a lot of times you don't have to actually tear the old plywood off. You can leave it and put a layer of synthetic or tar paper on it right. and then put another layer of plywood over it, which... I would go with a five-eighths-inch real plywood mm-hmm. and then put your new shingles on that. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was a weird kind of. It, it is funny because you mentioned that you know going cheap. That was the first yeah. thing I thought of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim, of course, is Highland Residential Roofing, Eagle Roofing, which is the division for uh, commercial for commercial work, and Handy Helpers. And there's from commercial to home to residential to you know the, the roof to the to the foundation there's hardly anything he hasn't touched so call him up this week if you've got a question about anything you heard on the show or beyond 919-676-5969 or you could go to one of the websites and hit, click contact so go to highlandroofingnc.com or handyhelpersremodel.com and uh, click the contact button and go ahead Next week, Chris Fulton of Fairway Home Detailing. And coming up later in October, Paula Fullerton of So Fine 2 on this radio show, Making Your Home Great. Tim, take care. Have a great week. News Radio 680 WPTF News is next.